you are now about to witness the strength of fantasy knowledge. Fantasy Sports Radio Network, you are now tuned in to the speeds and spitting statistician on Fantasy Freestyle. Up next on that cypher, the mic. On the microphone, you know that I'm one of the best yet. Dane Martinez. You know what it is. It's your boy, Dane Martinez, a.k.a. Speeds, a.k.a. the Spittin' Statistician, a.k.a. the Stable Genius and Vocal Minority. And welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Freestyle. I'm back with, of course, the hashtag Stats Over Beat Cypher. And you can hear us on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You could always subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Spittin' Speeds. Check it out. I did the show on Tuesday there in Studio 34. We had the Stats Over Beat site from my man Danny Otto. Today, we're giving it to you on the radio side of things because, you know, you got to stay out there, got to stay relevant. And as always, we're going to have a poll question up. Here's the poll question today. Is what issue do you really think is the priority for the NFL this offseason? Okay, we're going to talk about all the player movements as always, but there's some other issues that are definitely out there. One, if you know because you've been listening to Speeds and the Stats Over beat cypher is i'm talking about player safety i've been talking about the concussion protocol we talked about it all playoffs long as it related to cam newton as it related to rob gronkowski as it related to travis kelsey and you know they're going to sort of quote-unquote make some improvements we're going to see what the enhancements are with additional unaffiliated neurologists there seeing if they can handle it centrally is that the biggest issue we need to talk about over the offseason or is it how they define a catch we almost talk about it every single week remember the big Steelers Patriots game late in the season it even came to pass in the Super Bowl with the touchdown that Zach Ertz had that people thought might have gotten overturned Chris Collinsworth certainly did will we be able to redefine a catch or is it other pieces of say officiating technology we saw this year they break out index cards to try to measure was it a first down or not to see if it was you know they could fit the index card in do they they have to get better with the technology. We've seen things like the overhead cams and pylon cams, all these next-gen stats. Can they really take that to the next place? If you want to get your voice heard here on the Stats Overbeat Cypher and the Fantasy Freestyle, just let me know. Hit me up on Twitter. Always be hollering at the polls. Some people always getting down. Clayton Trahan, Liberty Finder, and the like. But let's get into some of these news and notes around the NFL right now, because later on in the show, I'm going to start doing my division-by-division division preview views for Major League Baseball. We're going to kick that off with the AL West, but we do have some news and notes around the NFL. The first thing, and this is this is kind of hot off the presses, and this could have impact in the free agent market. Uh, former Bengals quarterback A.J. McCarron actually won his grievance with the NFL. This was about a two-game stint that the Bengals put him on, like kind of the um, non-football injury list thus affecting his service time, okay? But he won his grievance. He does, in fact, have enough service time to be a free agent. He is going to be in the mix. Now, remember, I think he's going to wind up with the Cleveland Browns, and here's why. Because people are talking about, oh, they're going to throw all this money at Kirk Cousins. If I'm Kirk Cousins, I want to go to a team that's close, not Cleveland. I want to go up to Minnesota, where I'm the final piece. I want to go to Denver, where I could be the final piece. I want to go to Jacksonville, where I could be the final piece, not Cleveland, all right? So... If you remember back in the season, 
the Browns tried to trade for A.J. McCarron. Hell, they did trade for A.J. McCarron, but in true Cleveland Browns fashion, they couldn't get the paperwork to the league in time, and so it didn't go down. I think this time around, his former coach, Hugh Jackson, remember he was in Cincinnati, he is going to make the move. He's going to make the offer and get A.J. McCarron, I think, to be in the quarterback mix. Notwithstanding, they still can go ahead and draft a quarterback coming up in April. In other news, check this out. Johnny Manziel, Johnny Football, is trying to make a, com- a comeback. He's First of all, you know, I want to give a shout-out to him because I guess he's been diagnosed as bipolar. He's kind of working through it. I think he's shown some maturity in this last time around. He's saying, listen, I know I'm on the comeback trail. I know I got to work for everything I get. He's going to be in this spring league that the uh, that football is doing. Okay, it's going to be four teams. It's kind of a two-week showcase. Johnny Manziel is going to be in that. We heard rumors about him being in the XFL. The Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL have been recruiting him. But uh, So we'll keep an eye out for the next, uh, you know, move for Johnny Football. Also in Denver, it looks like, listen, if you listen to the show, I know my man uh, Pete in Staten Island was loving us when we talked about Devontae Booker as that running back for Denver. I was on him. I thought he was the heir apparent. I said it was going to happen. There are now multiple reports out there that they really want Booker to be that lead running back in Denver. Looks like C.J. Anderson may be done with the Broncos. He was actually critical of them firing their running back coach previously, Eric Studsville, so he could be on his way out. Devontae Booker rising in value, especially in keeper leagues. The Lions may, in fact, be interested in Deion Lewis, okay? This is something I mentioned. I mentioned Deion Lewis on my last episode where you saw me live at uh, Studio 34. I was talking about how Deion Lewis may try to go somewhere else. I think the Lions could be a good suitor for them. Remember, uh, defensive coordinator Matt Patricia just went over there uh, to become their new head coach. They do have a hole at running back. I fantasized about the idea of Le'Veon Bell going back to Michigan. But Deion Lewis could be an interesting fit there for my mom, Jim Bob Cooter. You know, I got to get Jim Bob Cooter in any time I possibly can to add him to the merry-go-round out there in Detroit. Also, last episode, I talked about how I didn't think Larry Fitzgerald would want to come back. I thought that, you know, he probably could recognize that with a new coach, a new quarterback, that he would kind of be part of a rebuild. Why do that, you know, to, to cap off your career? But reports are now coming that he has told his new head coach, well, that he will, in fact, come back to the Arizona Cardinals. So listen, if he's going to come back, he's going to be a very productive receiver. He'll be their number one receiver. I just hope it doesn't, you know, all, um, you know, kind of fall off a cliff for Larry Fitzgerald. Maybe he's coming back to go a little bit higher on some of those all-time lists. But here's what I want to do. I want, I had the poll question up there before. When we're doing this segment here, you know, here on the Cypher, on the Fantasy Freestyle, what I want to talk about are some of these things that I think are going to be big off-season stories outside of player movement, okay? Later on in the month before the draft, before the new league year, we're going to preview everything. We'll, pre- we'll preview, you know, we'll preview the draft. We'll preview the biggest injuries that you need to watch in the off-season, people coming back and the implications of those. We'll preview free agent situations, maybe position by position. I gave you a little bit of insight in that on the last show earlier this week. But there's also some other topics out there. And the first one I want to talk about is, you know, the concussion protocol. Player safety, the brain injuries. You know, you hear me talk about uh, the pain medication that goes into this as it relates to player safety, the Toradol, and how I'm an advocate for hashtag cat athlete. But there were actually a record number of concussions in the NFL this year. All right, there were 281 concussions this year, the most ever, well, at least in the last like six, five to ten years since they've actually been tracking the damn things. They've only started tracking them since 2011. But here's my take on it, okay? I don't get what the NFL is doing. The NFL is actually 
coming out saying that this is a bad thing. Like they're disappointed that the numbers are up. It's something they challenge on. They want the numbers to go down. I think this is a better, another example of why this is a poor way of looking at it. In fact, I think the fact that they had this many concussions is a good thing. You know why? Because that means they're identifying them. Okay. That means they're putting a focus on them. The 281 are more than ever, but the major increase was 45 that were found in practice. We're talking about practice? Yes, we're talking about practice. This would have never been the case. You know, before, they would have just kept on running them out there. That is actual sensitivity to player safety, okay? I think it's not about trying to get the number down. I think because we're putting an increased attention on it, that it's actually a good thing. But the NFL shouldn't, still shouldn't have this combative messaging around it. Later on this spring, we're going to have back our licensed athletic certified trainer, um, Thomas Lowe, because we've been talking to him a lot about the concussions, about the concussion protocol, about the tent on the sidelines. So we're going to bring him back. But I do think it's actually a good thing because they are now identifying concussions. They're teaching people how to tackle. And when they're finding them in practice, they're not letting them play in the game coming up. And that's actually a good thing as it relates to player safety. The other part here that we're going to be hearing about left and right. Okay, we're going to be hearing about this. Um, you know, all the way through off-season workouts, through because what we're also going to have is we're going to have players retire out of nowhere. That's been happening the last couple of years. Okay, um, what we're going to also be hearing about is this idea of what is a catch. Okay, because we've been hearing about it in terms of you know the Jesse James play, in terms of there was a Sterling Shepard play earlier this year in like week two where he made the catch, took like four steps, then rolled out of bounds kind of like almost by the tunnel and then let loose of the ball. And it was called an incomplete pass instead of a touchdown like it should have been in that game for the New York football Giants, okay? But here's the thing. It sounds like Goodell is open to actually acknowledging that this is an issue that needs to be worked on. And I think this is the, uh, the first domino that really needs to fall for this to happen, okay? Check out what Roger Goodell said recently. He says, quote, I am not just somewhat concerned, I am concerned. He said when, you know, when uh, this was on Colin Cowherd's show, he said it's particularly in going to the ground that I think it's creating a lot of the confusion. And here's the thing. It's this idea, the line of when do you become a receiver and when do you become a runner? All right, and so, for example, in the Jesse James catch in the Steelers... Patriots game. They said he was still a receiver. He had not turned into a runner. So despite the fact that he had crossed the plateau of the goal line, he is still a receiver. So because of that, you have to maintain it through the catch and through the ground. However, Ertz in the Super Bowl made the catch. And then because he, you know, I guess the term was made, had two steps and made a football move. Then he is then a runner. So as soon as he crosses the plane of the goal line, you know, it is in fact a touchdown and anything that happens after that is null and void. But they're going to have to think about this. You saw the Corey Clement catch. They're going to really have to look. They're going to really have to look at this. But here's the, this is what I think is the funny part. Roger Goodell has said that he's established a panel. He's established a panel of five Hall of Fame wide receivers okay, and coaches 
and they are going to present um, their recommendations to the owners at the owners' meetings at like the beginning of March, the middle of March. It's right around the start of the new league year when the free agency buzz is going to be happening. You know, we're going to see some player movement, but this is also going to happen. So I want to draw people's attention to this. The you know Hall of Fame wide receiver and coaches panel are going to present their recommendation of what it is that makes a catch. I have a platform, and it's very simple, and I guarantee you that it's going to be more simple than anything they come up with because this has been a moving target for a long time. Here's what I think we do. You know how they talk about that they, you know, going to centralize replay in New York and, you know, have it somewhere else? Forget about that. You know how speeds used to uh, practice? pick playoff games against the kids i think we can have a panel of kids i think we can have a panel of like seven-year-olds watching the games and it could be like all right you know was this a catch and they just show it to him and if the kids are like yeah of course he caught it then boom it's a catch and that's it and that rule is binding kind of like the u.s supreme court it'd be binding it'd be the end you can't appeal anywhere no replay just ask the kids or if it wasn't like seven-year-olds right what if we just ask you know we convene a panel at, at, at the bar, at the bar of, uh, you know, a neutral third city. You know, if it's, uh, if it's the Cowboys against the Giants, it can't be a bar in New York. You know what I mean? You get a bar, you get a bar in, uh, you get a bar in Seattle and you just ask seven people like, yo, was this a catch? Because I, I really think that we're going way too overboard. And, and, and I was saying this throughout the football season when we had the hashtag game of inches. And we had like the, the fumble out of bounds that becomes a touchback. I was saying that instant replay, the technology is actually a problem. It's getting too good. When you slow something down too much, you know, you're, you're going to see the ball moving like in the Corey Clement play in the Super Bowl. You are going to see like, oh, my God, yeah, that ball moved just a little bit. It becomes very, very hard. And, and when you have these chips in, in the ball, remember they had the chip in the ball? Um when they were measuring, they wanted to think about narrowing the goalposts, and they did that experiment, and you got chips in players' shoulder pads, so they could do the next-gen stat being like, Tyreek Hill is running 23.4 miles an hour, you know, or the path that he took. I, You know, if you have all of these enhancements, you should be able to, A, figure out what a catch is, but I think if we're, if we should be able to not have 60, 65-year-old refs that can't keep up with the play, and what we should do is be able to, uh, have a kind of more authentic way because these replays are not cutting it. But what these, what the technology is doing, what the technology is doing is providing a whole window of new stats, right? A whole window of, of new data. I mean, football at first, I, you know, the guy over at Stats Sports, this guy's uh, named Emery Carey. He's a scientist. He said that three years ago, he would have said that the sports science um, in the NFL was behind compared to other sports. Okay, now it is catching up, okay? We had chips in the shoulder pads, and it's kind of like an arms race. You know, this is the next wave of getting the getting the leg up on the competition, right? Getting more big data, getting more getting more information to work with to get that that little edge on other teams, you know. And that's what they said. Um, Matt Barrios, he's the CEO of Catapult Sports. They, they're talking about wearable technologies, video analytics. This is really the next wave. He says that once coaches realize they can get a competitive advantage, any skepticism fades away very quickly. The same coach who only wanted to look at tape 10 years ago now needs all their video loaded on an iPad so they can watch it on the flight, on the team flight. Okay, Wearables. 
that's 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 where it's at right now. But here's my question. My question is like, what happens to all the big data? Is that then going to be used against players in their contract negotiations? You know, this is going to be very interesting for the new collective bargaining agreement for the 2020 season. Okay. Here's the other thing. The other thing I really like though. This is virtual reality. You're seeing some teams use this. You're seeing some teams using this. This is like a completely different frontier. Like this, circling it back to the beginning here, here on the Fantasy Freestyle, this would be good for player safety, okay? Because you're not getting banged around in practice. Those 45 concussions that happen in practice don't won't happen if you were doing reps on virtual reality. Players that are rehabbing from injury, they can see still actually run more than just quote-unquote mental reps, right? Everybody could get first-team reps, you know, the Giants might have been able to develop Davis Webb this year in a real way. You know, so keep an eye out on for that. And, and you know, maybe maybe virtual reality will help us decide what, what a catch is or what a catch isn't. You know, check this out, though. That's my uh, football take real quick here on the Fantasy Freestyle. And like I said, I got the poll question up. I want to see what do you guys think is the, uh, you know, biggest issue for the NFL this offseason doesn't around player safety and the concussions is the what is a catch is it how do we really harness some of this technology in the right way or something else let me know of course holla at your boy on Twitter at Spittin' Speeds when we come back I'm going to shift gears and go into baseball what we're going to do is we're going to start to dive into my division by division previews I did it last year I'm back to bring it again this year it's going to we're going to kick it off with the AL West right after this it's your boy Dane Martinez aka Speeds aka the Spittin' Statistician the Stable Genius Vocal Minority on the fantasy freestyle we got the hashtag stats over beat cypher coming back strong we're gonna go look into the al west when we come back after this it's your boy dane martinez speed spitting statistician right here on the award-winning fantasy sports radio network holla at your boy did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning fantasy sports radio network listen on the iheart radio app the TuneIn radio app or download the Fancy Sports Radio Network app. The Fancy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fancy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fancy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844 844- 843-6879 The Fantasy Sports Radio Network Your free fantasy source 24 hours a day Welcome back to the Fantasy Freestyle Right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network On the audio boom On the iTunes So many ways to hear your boy This bit statistician and stable genius Dane Martinez on the Fantasy Freestyle, I was talking to you that I was going to get into the division-by-division division previews for Fantasy Baseball. Because check it out, all right, now that football is done, all right, what we're going to do is we're going to give you insight on player movement. And, of course, football is always going to be covered here with Stats Overbeat Cypher. I have the poll question up already. Like I said, what do you think will be one of the biggest off-season stories? We're going to get into previews of free agency and the impact as well. But, it, you know, we're getting into Fantasy Baseball season. All right, so for the next couple of episodes, what we're going to do is we're going to go into, you know, division by division. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you kind of my offensive, like, scare ranks, which offenses, you know, kind of rank them, scare me the most. And I'll tell you about, you know, the power in each lineup and, you know, 
maybe some places you may want to go in your fantasy drafts. We'll talk about the arms. We'll talk about the closers. For, for overall, for the division, I'll give you my diamonds. I'll give you my fugazis. And then what I'll also do is I'll give you my projected standings, kind of if you, you know, you should put any shekels on any of these teams in the playoffs. And just to, just to tell you, last year when I was doing this, the team that I was highest on was the Houston Astros. I said that, and they weren't even the favorites to win the AL West, okay? I, and I said I thought they would go into the ALCS, if not beyond last year. Similar in football season, I was giving you my previews. I talked about the Philadelphia Eagles. I said I was taking the over on the Eagles. I said they would go in the NFC East, which they did. I said they'd be in the NFC Championship game or beyond, which they were. Anybody listening to the stats over beat Cypher knows that. Sheezy. All right. Um, and then we'll kind of finish it off, you know, on the next episode. So this will be part one of the AL West. Let's start with offenses, okay? Let's start with the offenses. And I want to start off with Oakland, you know, because they are looked at as being the doormat of this division. I actually do have them finishing in the basement of this division. I'll give you my full, you know, projections probably uh, the next episode of Fantasy Freestyle. But listen, Chris Davis, you know, I mean, this guy is an elite outfielder, okay? I think, you know, he is under-respected, especially in that ballpark. Okay, 43 homers, 110 ribbies last year. That after 42 homers, 110 ribbies in 2016. This kid is one of the few consistent sources of power in Major League Baseball. I know everybody's trying to change their launch angle, but, you know, give me him, give me Nelson Cruz, give me Giancarlo Stanton, you know, as people who have done it year in, year out. These are the guys, like, Chris Davis will hit 35 home runs again this year. He's a he's a solid second outfielder for your roster. I like him. I like on offense. I like to load up on power bats. So Chris Davis is certainly someone I like. And in the Oakland lineup, I also, I'm telling you, I like Marcus Simeon. I like Marcus Simeon. I really hope that he could be at the top of the lineup. I know the A's grabbed Fowler, but I really hope Simeon could be at the top of the lineup. Listen, I think Simeon has 20-20 potential. You can get him as your middle infielder. I like him as your shortstop. I think, listen, if you don't wind up getting, you know, the Seegers, the, the Correas, the Lindors, right? Like, if you wait and wind up with Marcus Simeon, I am completely fine with that. I like Simeon, you know, much later in drafts. And, you know, one guy that might be interesting in Oakland is... uh you know, Piscotti moving over from St. Louis. He'll get a chance to play every day. He could be uh, someone to keep an eye on as well. But I still think Oakland is the worst offense in this division. We're talking about the AL West. This is the Fantasy Freestyle AL West season preview. Um, up from there, I'll go to Texas as the fourth offense in this division. Listen, I don't like I don't like a lot of the hitters on this on this team because their K rate is absolutely ridiculous. Their OPS is not where it should be. I mean, Elvis Andrews is this team's third hitter. You know, he's probably in the three hole for him. Yeah, sure. Okay, maybe his 20 homers, his 88 ribbies last year, those were career highs. But I don't like my three hitter having a 14, 15% K rate. Andrews had a 325 Babbitt last year. For those who don't know, if you're new to the fantasy freestyle, new to the fantasy community, when we talk about Babbitt, that is batting average on balls in play. Okay, so it takes like, you know, it takes the strikeouts out of it. It takes, you know, it takes it takes those things out of it to be a kind of a true measure, uh, more of a... Uh, more of a uh, less than the three true outcomes, shall we say. An average for that is like 300. So if you're hitting higher, so high like that, like Andrews is at 325, that shows that you are getting lucky overall. And that's going to regress a little bit. Listen, Adrian Beltre, he's still stable. You know, he's now third, but third base is real deep. 
this year. So you can wind up getting Adrian Beltre, I think, even a little bit later. He just doesn't excite you. He's got to slow down eventually, even though he keeps on climbing up all-time ranks. I, you know, I do like on Texas. I like Noma Mazzara. I think Mazzara has potential in the five-hole, but I talked about this idea that um, their K-rates are just ridiculously too high, and Mazzara is kind of like that. He has like a 20% strikeout rate, which is he's something he's got to fix as he matures. But if he does, I can see him, you know, being viable at almost like 270, 20, 27, 85 ribbies. And I think Mazzara could be an interesting outfielder three for you if you can get him, and you can probably get him late. But, you know, I don't like necessarily Gallo. I don't like Odor. He's a guy whose OPS and strikeout rate is also ridiculous. I don't like a lot of the typecast of, of this of this offense, so that's why they are number four for me. Um, number three is Seattle. I think D. Gordon at the top of this lineup is very, very interesting. I like D. Gordon. I'm, I'm going to have D. Gordon on some of my teams because he can get, he could be my stolen base category, right? I think D. Gordon in this lineup can get 50, can, you know, steal 50 bases. I like that he's got eligibility at second base probably and outfield, you know. But the lineup, the rest of the lineup kind of feels the same. You know, you got Cano there. You got Victor Cruz there. I actually think you might get, you might get a little bit of a bounce back out of, um, you know, big brother Seeger, you know, Kyle Seeger, not Corey. Um, last year, and believe me, because I had him on some of my teams last year. Last year, he only hit like 240. He hit 249. Okay. He still had the power numbers. He still had 27 home runs, dip in RBIs, only only 72. So I'm expecting something of a bounce back from him this year. Okay. I think he, for, you know, I, I talked about the Babbitt before with, um, Elvis Andrews. This is the other side of things. Okay, um, Kyle Seager's Babbitt last year was 262. That means that he was getting unlucky. Okay, so I could I could see him picking that average up maybe five ten points. I could see him having more ribbies, especially with Gordon at the top of this lineup. Okay, so I'm intrigued by that. And also Ryan Healy, I think could be interesting. I think Ryan Healy could be interesting. He moved over from the A's to the Mariners. I think he's going to hit like sixth or seventh in this lineup. He has the potential. If he gets 500 at-bats, I think, to hit 25 home runs as well, he's going to get a good park shift factor coming from Oakland to Seattle. Um, you know you know the names there, the Hanegers. Um, I think I think this is a solid offense. I think this is a slightly above-average offense, but I do think there are two offenses in the AOS that are much much better. And so my number two offense in the uh, AOS are the Angels. Um, I think they're coming back. And listen, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to do my predictions on the next episode of Freestyle when I'm in Studio 34 with the hashtag Stats Overbeat Cypher because I want to get their thoughts on it as well. But I'm high on the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, okay? I think this is going to be one of my overall diamonds in the rough, certainly in the American League, maybe in all of Major League Baseball. And the offense is part of the reason. I think two under-appreciated under, uh, moves offensively in this, you know, relatively lukewarm hot stove that we've been having. I've already detailed kind of the idea of the collusion, the Boris candidate, the Boris clients, the, the 2018 free agency class, the owners just not wanting to invest the $100 million contracts anymore, the building from within model that has worked with the Royals, with the Cubs, with the Astros. But, um... A few moves. The Angels have been busy. You know, when everybody else is sitting on their hands, the Angels have actually spent money. I mean, Ian Kinsler at the top of this lineup, I think is a huge get 
for the Angels. I like him at the top of this lineup. Remember, you're going to have a full season of Justin Upton. Justin Upton, over 900 OPS, 35 homers, 100 ribbies. You're going to get a full season of him. I think that I think that takes the pressure off of Albert Pujols. I think that allows guys like C.J. Cron and Angelton Simmons to settle, right? I think you put Trout now in that two-hole with Upton there in the three. And then here's the other thing they did. They went and got Zach Cozart from Cincinnati. This is an all-star, okay? This is an all-star. Uh, he's going to play third for the Angels. He was an all-star shortstop for Cincinnati. He's going to play third for this team because Simmons's glove, Simmons's glove is just ridiculous, right? But you're putting together a pretty good lineup here. When we talk about Kinsler, Trout, Upton, Pujols, maybe a guy like Cron, then a guy like Cozart in the six hole. You know, I think this this could be a team that can score some runs when we get to the arms a little bit later on. I'm, I'm going to talk about why I kind of I kind of like the Angels as well. But then we get to the number one offense in the ALS, and quite frankly, probably one of the one of the top three offenses in all of Major League Baseball, and it is the reigning, defending World Series champion, Houston Astros. Listen, your boy Speeds was high in the Astros last year, and that's because I thought we were going to get a step from Carlos Correa, and we did. But here's the thing. I think there's room to grow for Carlos Correa. I think Carlos Correa can be an MVP candidate this year. I think he's going to take a step forward. Remember last year with a thumb injury, he missed, you know, he missed like six weeks. Believe me, I had shares of him on my team. Okay. We're going to get a full season out of Correa. Bregman is going to take a step forward. Okay. Guriel could take a step forward. You know, I mean, this is... Where you're gonna still have Altuve at a at an MVP level, Altuve being a top three pick, you know, in my opinion, you know, number one second baseman, Correa, top three, top three shortstop, you know, um, Bregman is in the mix at, as a top ten third baseman, you know, think about Springer as a top ten outfielder, you know, you got a guy like Marwin Gonzalez, don't sleep on, you get Marwin Gonzalez, listen. This is going to be, you know, one of my early diamonds or, or one of the talking points here as we go into fantasy drafts. The position eligibility of a guy like Marvin Gonzalez is absolutely ridiculous, okay? You can literally get him and plug him in at first base, second base, shortstop, or third base, or outfield. You gotta love Marwin Gonzalez, okay? And I also, I actually believe that, you know, when you talk about the Astros offense, you talk about Gaddis, you talk about McCann, these guys that are playing catcher and DH. But the thing for me is I actually believe that the Astros, you know, there's rumors out there and buzz that the Marlins aren't done selling off their pieces and that JT Realmuto could be on the move to the Houston Astros only to further fortify this lineup. Okay, so my, my scare rankings offensively in the AL West, I go um, Houston 1, I go Angels 2, Seattle 3, Texas 4, and the Oakland A's 5. On the next episode of the Fantasy Freestyle, what we're going to do is we're going to take a look more at the pitchers, right? We're going to take a look a little bit more at the pitchers, and I'm going to give you... Um, you know, my overall diamonds and fugazis for the AL West as well. We're going to do that on the next episode, and that'll wrap up, you know, the um, the AL West preview. But I do want to talk about the teams and their kind of uh, their win totals. Okay, here's how I have the win totals for these teams. And listen, we start with the Oakland A's. 
We start with the Oakland A's. They're only going to win, in my opinion, low 70s. Their win total right now is at 70 and a half. I think, you know, I would pass on this one. I think they are going to be one of the dregs of the American League. Um, so I don't, I don't, that's not a big play for me. I'm low on the Texas Rangers. I'm low on the Texas Rangers. I just don't listen. I, I told you about their offense. I think there's a bunch of free swingers. I'm going to give you similar concerns with their, you know, with their arms, with their rotation later on. I think they're maybe a 500 team if they're lucky, but I think there's teams much better than them in this division. Seattle's going to be a team, in my opinion. They're going to be one of these teams that hang around. They're going to be one of these second wild card teams. They're going to be one of these teams that at the deadline... You know, there's going to be the, the, the conversation is going to be, are they buyers or are they sellers? They're going to be doing just enough to hang around. They'll be able to go on some good hot streaks. They'll be able to go on some runs, you know, They'll, and, you know, they're going to be one of those teams that are like two games back of the second wild card in August. And we're going to, decide, you know, do they make the non waiver trade deadline? You know, but I ultimately think they will fall just short of the playoffs. I'm telling you right now, I am high on the Los Angeles Angels. Take the over on their win total. I believe the Angels are a playoff team. This offense is scary. Mike Trout is now only entering his prime. I think Justin Upton, a full year of him, is going to be huge. But ultimately, the Houston Astros are a team that everybody is chasing. Put me down for 95 wins for the Houston Astros. Put me down for 88 for the Angels. Mariners at 86, maybe 85. Rangers at 81. And the Oakland A's at 72 wins in my book. I think the Houston Astros can get back. They might be a little bit of, uh, you know, the celebrity aspect that they were on the kind of the banquet circuit because of their, you know, their uh, World Series victory. But I think they'll obviously be in the mix all right so check it out later on what we're gonna do on the next episode of fantasy freestyle is i'm gonna give you more of the pitching perspective on the al west and then we'll do my al west diamonds in the rough we'll do my al west fugazis it's gonna be big things because you know you got to get get ready geared up for uh you know, fantasy baseball. Drafts are, are really getting started after the Super Bowl. You know, you start to attention, turn your attention to college basketball, and you also start to turn your attention to uh, your fantasy baseball squads. And the other one thing I'll give you about baseball here as we close out this baseball segment here on the Fantasy Freestyle with your boy Dane Martinez, Beast the Spitting Statistician. Rob Manfred, the commissioner, you know, he talked about um, the free agents, and we talked about the Marlins and the Pirates and other teams that were kind of racing to the bottom. But um, he did come out and say at the beginning of, you know, the kind of kickoff for uh, spring training as teams are reporting across this fair land of ours in Florida and Arizona mostly. Um, he says there are changes coming to pace of play, that there will be new pace of play rules and that they will come out um by the start of this season. So we're going to keep an eye out for that. What do you think is the biggest way to change the pace of play? What I think needs to happen, because here's the thing. These teams study video and, and, and data and pitch charts and, and all this stuff so much. Why in 2018 is there any reason to have mound visits anymore? To have a coach come out and have a mound visit and like give them the scouting report on the player. Can't they like do that on a on a iWatch or something? 
can't like why does the coach what is the coach coming out there to motivate him he is a athlete who just got a six-year 115 million dollar contract maybe not in this 2018 negotiating season but like you don't think this high-priced professional athlete can like you know regulate his calm in a big moment isn't that why you're paying them 20 million dollars like you really think he needs a a 55 year old man to come in there and settle him down offer him some sunflower seeds come on eliminate mound visits that's one thing you could do to speed up the game i also think you know they're they, they're definitely experimenting with those pop-up ads right you saw them in the playoffs you saw them in the nfl season i think they're going to do some more of that to kind of shorten the commercial breaks but then you'll also have mini pop-up commercial breaks like after the four pitch walk you know as they're just throwing the ball around the horn I think you'll have a pop-up ad there, so we'll shorten commercial breaks. What I think they need to do is remove mound visits altogether. And then also, if you're giving somebody an intentional walk, you don't have to throw the pitches. Just be like four. It's on. I think that'll shave off. The, the mound visits is the biggest thing. Okay, the mound visits is the biggest thing. I think you could definitely shave off a good, you know, 10, 15 minutes off the game in that way. Let me know what you think. You could always hit me up on Twitter, at Spittin' Speeds, if you're hearing this, and you, uh, you know, and you want to holler at me about it. I think uh, I would love to know how you think we could, you know, quicken the pace of play. When we come back, though, here on the Fantasy Freestyle, you know how we always do it. We're going to put the fun in functional sports radio. That's what we do here on the Fantasy Freestyle with your boy Dane Martinez right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And, of course, wherever you download your podcast. I don't even know all the places you can download your podcast. I think it's iTunes, it's Spotify, Audio Boom, and some other newfangled things the kids are talking about these days. When we come back, you know, we're going to talk a little bit of fun. Some of the things I've been railing on, you know, uh, that's what we cipher. You know what I'm talking about. You know what it is. Hollabacks. It's Dave Martinez and Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. To the fantasy freestyle with your boy Dane Martinez, aka Speed, aka the Spitting Statistician. You're representing the hashtag Stats Over Cipher. You could always hit me up on Twitter at Spitting Speeds. And check this out. Um, you know, if you've been listening all football season, you know how we get down with DKMS. Listen, I was shocked to hear though that every three minutes an American is diagnosed with blood cancer. Unfortunately, only 30% of patients are actually able to find, to find compatible bone marrow donors within their family. But that's how you can help. Go to DKMS.org slash fantasy today and sign up online to register as a donor. DKMS will send you a swab kit, which takes legitimately one minute to do. You swab each of your cheeks and you send it back to them. That's it. You're done. DKMS will then try to match you up 
with a person in need of a donation. The process is easy. Best of all, you can actually save someone's life, not metaphorically, but quite literally. Not in a fantasy world with your players or the DFS world, but literally save a life. Check out DKMS.org slash fantasy to see how you can help. Listen, we've been talking about that all football season here at the Fantasy Sports Network and DKMS. We were partnering. You know, we even sent people to the Super Bowl. It is very easy. I'm reminded, listen, I just did the 23 and me. Also, you know, you swab, you, you send it off. I'm going to find out so much about myself and you can really find out the inner hero in yourself as well. You can save a life. Go on over to find out how. DKMS.org slash fantasy. All right, check this out. Here in the Fantasy Freestyle, you know, we put fun in functional sports radio, you know, whether it was uh, rapping athletes. We have a new rapping athlete we're going to get into on the next episode for sure, or whether it's Beats vs. Kids or some of the things that we'd be talking about. Listen, I bring you some of the stories that you can't hear anywhere else. And remember, I was talking about uh, University of Central Florida, UCF, and how I think they are the actual legitimate national champions. Forget the tide rolling in. Um, and check this out. Their practice field, they put two banners up at their practice field. Okay? And they read, 2017 champion, only undefeated champions, UCF Golden Knights. And I'm with that. Listen, they beat Auburn 34-27 in the Peach Bowl. Auburn, Auburn was number one at one point of the season. Auburn beat Alabama this year. Auburn beat Georgia this year. I've told you for a while that this conference is for real, you know, with Houston and Memphis playing well as well. You know, they should have gotten a chance. They did everything they could have done. They beat everybody on their schedule. They played real teams, you know, um, and there is no official NCAA champ anymore. Like, this is just the playoff. This is just the, the BCS playoff, right? There are still polls out there. Actually, interestingly enough, the um, Kali Index right, did rank UCF number one after all the polls. You know, so I'm still on my on my uh, soapbox riding with UCF uh, college football team, and it seems like other people are as well. Certainly UCF is, right? And they, they did, like, the, the, the practice banners are not the only thing, and I think it's cool, okay? Not only do they have banners up in their stadium, but they did a parade at Disney World. They had a block party down in Orlando there for the team. Um, they've been recognized as, you know, champions at uh, UCF basketball games this year. Um, the, assist, the athletic director, a guy named Dan, Danny White, says there will also be a banner raised in the stadium. And check this out. I'm into it because this is what forces change. Remember, they had split national championships, and that was what, uh, you know, back like 15, 20 years ago. And that's what kind of necessitated the need for the original BCS, right? And then it was when they realized that they had three undefeated teams that they needed a 14 playoff, right? And now you're seeing a situation like this where one of these kind of, um, you know, non-power conferences – truly has no chance so maybe this is the impetus to you know widen it to uh to an 18 playoff or to a 16 team playoff i think they need to go to 16 and don't tell me you can't do it because division two does it division two if you heard the last episode of fantasy freestyle they're now going to start doing it with mexican teams who are able to be in the ncaa did you hear this ncaa d2 is going to allow mexican universities to be part of the ncaa so if they can have a playoff system why can't d1 you could name you know the semifinals the peach bowl you could name them the you know the cotton bowl still have a rotation you could fit it in December. You absolutely can do it. There's something like 10 or 11 divisions, I think, major divisions. Have them all in. Have Troy get in there as the 16th seed. I don't care if they get stomped 
in a 116 game by Clemson or something like that, you you get some very intriguing matchups. And you'd get, you know, wild card teams. You'd get the the three teams from the Big Ten that are all great. You'd get, you know, weird matchups. You'd get a Georgia versus a USC or something like that. It would be very interesting. The 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 second round matchups and now like when they unveil March Madness. You know, it's awesome. I think they need to do that, and I hope that UCF continues to uh, count themselves as champ so that maybe we could uh, have the impetus to open up the field. Listen, on the Fantasy Freestyle, we did, like, the greatest sports movie of all time. We did a whole bracket of that. We did the greatest TV show. And um, I want to do talk a little movie news here, but I think it's in poor taste, and that's, uh, you know, I, I, I got to give you the real. I got to give you the raw, right? That's what Speeds does. Remember, a, a few episodes ago, I talked about, um, I played, actually, part of Ali Raceman's testimony, right? Um, in, in the case against Larry Nasser and Ali Raceman had a great testimony. Um, you know, people gave her a standing ovation. It really brought to light, you know, and then obviously he, he's gone to jail for a long, long time. And we, it's exposed, you know, the U.S. gymnastics community has, have, have had resignations up and down their board. And then, you know, Larry Nassar was also practicing at Michigan State. And there have been questions, you know, now surrounding the Michigan State program. But to tie it back to this movie news, did you see the documentary that HBO is coming out with? They're coming out with a documentary just called Paterno. They are finally going to do the Joe Paterno story. And I think this is actually, I think this is very poor timing for a Joe Pa biopic. You know, I mean, especially at this time with um, institutional kind of negligence, you know, that is going on right now. And, you know, I guess people don't know anymore because it's been like six years. It's been six years since the scandal. He was dismissed in 2011. He died shortly after this in 2012, you know, after the Sandusky. But like, has it really changed? You know, like if you look at the trailer for the Paterno movie that's going to be on HBO. It portrays like the fan base and how they all rally behind them. And like, I wonder, is that what's happening at Michigan State right now? Are they rallying behind uh, Tom Izzo, Mike D'Antoni? You know, apparently they actively hid, you know, something like dozens of football players are accused of assault. Larry Nassar being there. Has it really changed? And, And what does putting this paterno documentary kind of, you know, biopic on HBO. Like, are they are they just taking advantage of this timing? I'd love to know what you think. Stats over beat Cypher after you hear this on the podcast, after you hear this on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Be sure to get at me and let me know what you think, if this is in poor taste by HBO to do this. But, you know, in more, uh, and I guess in happier movie news, you know, it's kind of Oscar season and stuff. Check this out. You know, Kobe, Kobe Bryant was nominated for an Oscar. Uh, Dear Basketball was nominated for the Best Animated Short Movie. Um, It was originally from a poem that Kobe Bryant uh, wrote. He did it for the Players' Tribune back in 2015. Um, You know, kind of, it was his journey, you know, in essence, through life, through his career. Um, You know, and if you don't know about Kobe, I mean, come on, 18 All-Star Games. MVP title, third all-time leading scorer. You know, there's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. There's, uh, I believe, Karl Malone second, and Kobe is now is third in NBA history in terms of scoring. But it's really about like his entire journey, his life, his career. You know, and this this movie, Dear Basketball, it already won awards. It won the 2017 World Animation 
uh, Celebration Award. It uh, was at, it won awards at the 2017 Tribeca Film Festival. So big shout out to Kobe. Big shout out to Kobe. Um, you know, kind of branching out into uh, into all all forms of expression. You know, the second act for Kobe, I'm sure, is going to be just as strong as the first. Last thing I want to do here is I want to ask some questions real quick. I got a question from Stats Overbeat Cipher, and 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 you know, shout out to everybody because I was uh, I was off air for about a week, a week and a half. You know, I had to take a little bit of break after Super Bowl, and and, and many y'all on the Stats Overbeat Cipher helped me down checking for me on Twitter. Big shout out to everybody. All right, so just to just to get it straight, what we're going to be doing is on Tuesdays, we're going to be doing it live from Studio 34. We're going to be doing it uh, so you can see the video live on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter. You know, so if you're subscribed on YouTube, you'll be able to check it out, be part of the Stats Over Beat Cypher, engage in the, in the chat with my man Danny Otto on Tuesdays. All right, and that's also being released as on a podcast, okay? On, on the Fantasy Sports Network, right? And now, and then we're also doing a show at the end of the week. That's going to be on the radio side. It's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, but you'll also be able to hit that up as a podcast. So the, the fact that both shows a week are going to turn into podcasts eventually, right? If you're subscribed on iTunes or on Audio Boom or on Stitcher or on, um, you know, Spotify or wherever you download them, all right, you'll always be able to get the rawest, and then you could always engage, you know, at Spit and Speech. You could always, uh, on Tuesdays, you'll still be able to holler at your boy if you want at 844-843-6879, okay? But um, I got a question from Dev on Twitter. That's Devin Will 2018. You know, he's one of the stats over Beat Cypher. He was asking about, like, formats for fantasy baseball. He was asking for platforms for fantasy baseball as well. And I was telling him, listen, you know, I like just to, to, to win that cash, because you know how we do here, right? Fantasy freestyle, we win our leagues, we win that cash. You're trying to find out how to how to how to organize yourself. I just play I played the DFS and we'll be giving you DFS advice. You know, you can always keep it locked to lineup lock live. My boy Tony Sincata, always giving you everything you need to win your leagues and win that cash, getting it done. But um I actually you know, like to just set leagues with my friends and then just make, you know, put a little bit, a couple of shekels on it there so you don't need to do it within the website because he was asking me like what websites can I do it with I just I, you know I just make gentlemen's agreements and you know hold to honor with my people but he was also asking like different formats and I gotta tell you I like I like head to head I like five by five over roto because I like being able to be against somebody you know I like being able to be against somebody and outdo them in categories I, th- I like I personally like it better that way and and what I'll tell you though here's my little tip for you on offense, I like OPS over batting average. You know, I think that's a much more uh, true representation. Well, you don't got to go too crazy into deep stats, but I like OPS over um, batting average. And I like quality starts over wins if you're going to go with a traditional 5x5 five five head-to-head. All right, so... Um, I think because, listen, I don't like relievers picking up wins. I don't like my guy, you know, pitching a gem and then the bullpen giving it up and not getting a win. So I think quality start is a better me- measurement. But check this out. What we're going to do is we're going to always take a question from Twitter throughout the week and answer them here on the late week edition of the Fantasy Freestyles. We're dropping the stats over beach. We hear the beats in the background. You know what it is. We're, gonna do it. we're doing a little tribe called Quest Beats today and we're going to bring that back you know on our late week episode as well if you're a real fan an old school fan of the fantasy freestyle you know about that but tribe make it in bounce right now the last thing i gotta do is let you guys know we always tell you about it on the fantasy sports radio network um 
Fantasy Factor, yo. Fantasy Factor is the perfect daily fantasy site for the casual recreational player, okay? Flatter prize pools, smaller fields, single entry contests only, um, especially if you're just trying to dip your toe in the water. It's the perfect place to start, okay? Fantasy Factor runs NHL and NBA free rolls every week. It's a free entry. All you got to do is sign up and enter. Check it out at www.fantasyfactor.com. All right, that's the way to get it, yo. So... Listen, I'll be back uh, next week, live from Studio 34. We'll keep talking about the AL West. I'll be giving you all the things you need to know about, you know, the NFL offseason. We're going to profile some injuries. And, you know, in the next couple episodes, we're going to have some guests. I talked to you about um, Thomas Lowe coming in with the uh, concussion protocol. We're going to have some of my boys come on. You know them, some award winners. Remember how uh, Fantasy Freestyle was finalist for uh, best radio show we're gonna have some fswa award winners on the show uh coming up in the next couple episodes as well but uh keep it locked on itunes on stitcher on audio boom and all those places and uh hit me up on twitter if you want to uh get down stats over beat cypher maybe i'll read your question out on the show but that's about it for now it's your boy dane martinez aka speeds aka the spitting statistician aka the stable genius and vocal minority of the fantasy sports radio network and this it's been another edition of the Fantasy Freestyle. I'll check for y'all next week. Keep it popping. I'm out. Peace.